You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. Our series forward is a nine-week discipleship series. This is really the sixth installment, and I hope that you're learning a lot. And our goal is to have a better understanding of uh, really uh, the qualities of a disciple resulting to growth and uh, really faithfulness. And for the past few years, yes, uh, we are trying our best to uh, really create an environment where people can come and uh, really uh, take a closer look at what we're doing here Sunday in and Sunday out, Saturday in and Saturday out. We want people to be... uh, really uh, to, to come and take part in uh, uh, all of our uh, services. But the, really the main focus of what we're doing here in Victory is to honor God and make. Thank you. Okay? We want people to grow in their understanding of God because at the end of the day, I mean, uh, people have to grow in their understanding of God because that's the only uh, way we can really see transformation in the life of somebody. So discipleship in our own context is what? Is to uh, really follow Jesus and to fish for men. So our goal is to uh, really follow Jesus. And the first three weeks, we did talk about it, that uh, in order for you to really move forward in your understanding of God, you have to follow Jesus. So the first three weeks, we did, we did talk about how to follow Jesus. And everything rises and falls in our re- relationship with God. And a lot of people has approached me, Pastor, I need to, to uh, ask your counsel and your advice. I would always ask them, before I give you my counsel concerning your problem, how should you walk with God? And of course, I would really... Uh, uh, get a negative reaction from them uh, and some of them would admit that uh, really I'm, I'm having a hard time with my walk with God because at the end of the day uh, when, when a relationship with God is in disarray uh, everything will, will, will not be uh, okay and, and part of our relationship with God as we follow Jesus and we did talk about this uh, the first three weeks uh, and in the past really few weeks it has been of course an exciting moment for all of you I hope that you, you love the people coming here in front and uh, you did learn a lot from them. The second leg is that we want, as we follow Jesus, is that we will be encouraged to fa- fish for men. Because at the end of the day, fishing for men is not just a responsibility, a requirement that we are asking you to do. I mean, I've been in a, uh, an environment or an organization where people would tell me what to do, and I don't like people telling me what to do. Do you understand? But I like what the gospel does to us because the, the gospel tells us not to do what we need to do. The gospel encourages us because of our what? Our devotion and our relationship with God. We find ourselves what? Fishing for men. Fishing for men is a byproduct of our relationship with Jesus. It is not a requirement. So if your relationship with God is okay, you just can't help but open your mouth and tell people about your newfound faith. Am I correct? Remember the day that you came to know the Lord? That you just can't help but open your mouth, though you would want to really limit yourself and you don't want to tell people about your newfound faith and your newfound relationship, but you can't help but tell people about your relationship with God. And if you've been a Christian for what, five years, ten years, I hope that you, 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 you catch yourself, really what? Telling people about this relationship that you have with God, of what the Lord has done in your life. It is not a perfect life, and yet you see really that more than anything else, God has been working in your life. So you can't help but tell people about it. So at the end of the day, the reason why we fish for people because of this relationship that we have with God and because we have a relationship with God, we can help but enjoy our relationship with fellow believers. So I hope that you do understand more than anything else the reason why we're growing because this alone, this diagram is a picture of what's written in Mark chapter 12, verse 30 to 31. It says right here, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength 
Not just God. The second is, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than this. So the, the commandments of loving your neighbor is both to the people that you like and the people that you don't like. How many of you here, honestly, it's easy to love the people that you like? You understand? You want to always go out of your way. You understand? And, and, and treat them well, especially the people that you really like. You understand? You don't just bring them home. You, 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 you give them a call. You text them. You understand? Who you? I mean, um, no, 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 no. Of course, you know them. But the question is, how do you treat the people that you don't like? That office mate that you you, you want to stay away from. That boss of yours. You know, I know there are people that we, we don't like and we evade them. But at the end of the day, the gospel tells us it is impossible to love the unlovable. But the gospel tells us it is possible. Do you understand? What can benefit you if you love the lovable? Do you understand? The test of a true Christian is for him to rise above the situation that though people are unlovable, he has what it takes to be gracious to them because you are a byproduct of God's grace. The reason why you can be gracious to people because you have experienced the graciousness of God. This is why when you follow God, it's easy to be gracious to people because God has been faithful and gracious to you. Am I correct? How many of you here are just amazed with the graciousness and the goodness and the faithfulness of God? Amen? Come on now. That no matter how hard life is, you see God time and time and again meeting you according to His riches and glory because we have a good God. This is why everything that we do with the people around us is a byproduct of our relationship with God. You can only sacrifice to the degree of how God has sacrificed for you. So if you're here right now, you're simply saying, how come I, I, I'm not consistent in reading my Bible? How come I don't go to church that much? How come I don't share the gospel? How come I'm like this? I can tell you what's wrong with you, but it will not help you. But it is important for you to understand the reason why you're like that, because your relationship with God is not in order. Because everything rises and falls in your relationship with God. The reason why you can love God, because you have what it takes, amen? No, you don't have the right, and you don't have, in fact, the capacity, not the right, the capacity to love God. Left to your own devices, you love yourself more than God. Come on now. I love myself more than God. And the reason why I love God, not because I'm gifted, not because I'm a pastor, not because I'm a Christian, the reason why I can love God, because He first loved me. It is written in the book of John 4.19. The reason why you can love God, because He first loved you. You cannot love God and you don't have the capacity and the willingness to love God, not until you have experienced God's love and His graciousness and how He has forgiven you. That amidst all your frailties and your failures, God took you in that you're not disqualified in this life, that you are a recipient of God's unconditional love. Amen. So no matter what will happen, you know that in the eyes of God, though you don't feel like that indeed God is for you, it's not about what you feel and what you think. From the perspective of God, you're still in. Nobody is disqualified. And this is what amazes me. The reason why you're here if there is hope, God will never bring you in this gathering if there is no hope. The reason why you reach this far 
because God allowed it to be so. So my prayer for you right now is to go out of this gathering with a different mindset that I can love God because He first loved me. He first loved us. And because of that love, we have the right motivation. So my question with you right now, what is your motivation in serving God? What is your motivation in sharing the gospel? What is your motivation why you want your, your, what, your stepmother to come to know the Lord? Why you want your cousin to come to know the Lord? In fact, my trip in, in the U.S. with my family is amazing. Not because I have all the money, but I'm just amazed of the faithfulness of God. And you know one thing that made it exciting was for about 30 years, I've been praying for my cousin, and I was able to share the gospel to him. Come on now. Is it because I'm a pastor? Is it because I'm, 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 I'm one of the leaders here? Is it because, am I doing this because of my position in church? Or am I doing this because I have experienced God's love and I just can't keep it to myself? Remember, the gospel is inclusive. So if you're a Christian right now, and, and the only person who knows that you're a Christian is yourself and the devil, you have a big problem. Because the reason why God wants to take you in so that you can, so that God can take as many people through you in. Do you understand what I'm talking about? You're not just a Christian because you came to know the Lord and because you, you, you attend church. A real Christian is somebody who has a burden for those people who doesn't know God. Because you have experienced it. How many of you here? When you're, you're, when you're out there and you, and, and, and you, you would, would see things in the shop and, 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 and you, you're enjoying the life that you have. I don't know if this is you or you're like me. Every time I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying something, I would always tell my wife, I hope and I wish my kids are here or my loved ones are here. I hope they, they, they can experience this. Do you understand this? Why? Because it, it, has, it has given you the joy, the excitement, that you have concluded that I hope my I, I wish my cousin is here. That's that's what the gospel does to us. It 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 doesn't just make us happy. It it doesn't just put a smile on our face. It gives you the 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 the, the encouragement and the willingness that someone has to hear this message. So this is what I like about the gospel. That you don't have to require me to do what needs to be done. I am motivated because I'm not doing this for myself. I'm doing this for God. So if you're here right now and you're doing this because uh, the reason why I want God to use me because it feels so good. It's legitimate. But feeling so good is not why you're doing what you're doing. What if there are days you don't feel so good when you share the gospel? And if you're telling me, Pastor, I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't have what it takes. I've been a Christian for about a, a week. No. You have what it takes. You start with what? With your relationship with God. If your relationship with God is not okay, if your relationship with God stinks, you can do this. Yes, I do understand that you need to be equipped, but I'm telling you right now, the first week where I came to know the Lord, I was a bit tipsy, April 3, 1994. I, I drank the day before, and I don't know if, if I'm in church or not, but I, I experienced the Holy Spirit. And right then and there, I went home. I'm the first person I shared the gospel to. I've been a Christian for about an hour and a half. Shared the gospel to my mom. It took me a while. 
took my mom roughly about four or five years to go to church. Why? Because my grades in high school are not resurrecting from the grave. So I hope you do understand that people are, are observing our lives. But I want you to understand my motivation is not because it's a requirement. It's not because I'm a leader. Not because it's a must. Everything that we are doing when we want it to last, it comes from a reason that are willing to what? To face the inconveniences of life. Let me ask you this question. How many of you here, once in your life, you have made a decision and you promised yourself, I want to lose weight? Do you understand? Some of you, you have promised and you've been promising yourself for 10 years, I want to lose weight. This is just an observation. I can be wrong. If your reason is that the reason why I want to lose weight because I want to look good, that will only last for about six months. Because your food intake, okay, is your top priority then looking good. Do you understand? I've been asking of, uh, one of our pastors here, what is, should be my motivation? And somebody gave me a suggestion. I want you every single day to imagine yourself right inside a coffin. <laughs> but my point is, there should be a, a, a deeper reason why you're doing what you're doing. And this is why God did not coerce us to do what needs to be done because if we will not do it, He will strike us with His lightning. That's not the motivation. The motivation is that I love you so much and I will overwhelm you with my love. I will smother with you uh, with, with, with my love that you just can't help but tell people about my love for you. This is why it is important that if our motivations are right, everything will follow. Some of you here, your motivation is, I'll stay put. I don't have what it takes. I'm not equipped. I'm limited. If you take a closer look, that motivation, just like the motivation of people who does it for convenience or they're doing and sharing the gospel because they feel good about it, because it's a need. Some of these things, in fact, most of these things are selfish. Some of you here where you feel like, I, I don't think God can use me. It is selfish. Because I want you to hear yourself loud and clear. I'm not ready. I'm not equipped. I don't have what it takes. You know why you're selfish? Because you're consumed of what you can do and your limitations. Remember, if you're a follower of Christ, you don't see yourself. You see God working in your life. So it's not about you. It's about God through you. The reason why you feel like you are inadequate because you are consumed just by yourself. That this is my fight. This is my venture. I don't think God can use me. I don't think God will give me the boldness to preach the gospel. Be reminded that we're not doing it for convenience. Or we're not doing this because, Lord, I cannot do this because I'm limited. Everything that we do should be seen from the vantage point of God. If you look at the different heroes of faith in the Bible, it is their witness plus the greatness of God. Now, I want to tell you this, just like what I mentioned roughly about this, uh, our first 5 p.m. service. I'm, I don't have what it takes to go upstage because I repeated grade school twice. I cannot even communicate well. Repeated grade school twice. Okay, I want to be honest, thrice. But 
<laughs> iba kasi pag three times, eh, di ba? Parang, you're not using your brain. <laughs> but my point is, I can list all the reasons not to go up stage and be used by God. But I don't see my limitations. I see the greatness of God. That He can use you mightily. That you are what? You're saved. And you have experienced the gospel, not just for you to really live a comfortable life and be part of our gathering. That you will be blessed and you'll come out really amazed with who God is. But you'll come out of this gathering with a decision, I want my father to come to know the Lord. I want my sister to come to know the Lord. My family members to come to know God. That when you understand that Jesus, the eternal Son of God, who gave Himself on the cross to rescue us from God's judgment, is the very motive why we're doing what we're doing. The reason why you want to go out of your way and share the gospel and disciple people and sit with them and discuss one-to-one with them. If you don't have a one-to-one booklet, there's an application, whether you're Android, iPhone, and my phone, it's available for you. When you understand that, you can help but God. I am fully aware of what you've done for me. And because I'm conscious, Lord, can you just use me? Even just my testimony. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be preachy like me. Share your story. Now my question with you right now, have you experienced the transforming power of the gospel? Have you seen changes in your life? Look at the person on your left. May pagbabago ba? Dalawa lang yan, may pagbabago or magbabago. And if there are changes in your life, you can start with that. Tell people about what God has done. Because when you understand and you have experience and you have really collided with what God, the Lord has done, this is your very reason and your fuel. Why? God, I just can't, can't stay put in my office. Lord, I've been in this cubicle for 12 years. I don't even know who is on the other side of the cubicle. Oh, there's a human being. Do you understand? Because Jesus' forgiveness of all our sins is the foundational motive for serving Him. You know why I'm sharing the gospel? Not because I'm a pastor. Because of how much the Lord has forgiven me. And the reason why I can sacrifice, and I'm telling you right now, it's not easy to share the gospel. I'm intimidated once in a while. I feel like I'm not ready for it. It's not easy to disciple people. But when I realize how much the Lord has forgiven me, those who has been forgiven much sacrifice much. So if you're asking yourself, Pastor, what's wrong with me? I've been a Christian for three years, five years, ten years. Why am I not doing what you're, you're telling us to do? I don't, have a, I don't have an answer for that. Why you're not doing? But I have an answer when it comes to your what? Your relationship with God. Your intimacy with the Lord. Your encounter with God every single day. Because if you don't have a relationship with God and you don't encounter God every single day, most of the decisions that you do for yourself is for your own convenience. Now, I want you to understand, two days ago, I have to meet the person, roughly about, I think, 26 years ago, the person who shared the gospel to me. How many of you here, honestly, you're thankful for that person, the person who shared the gospel to me? I know you're thankful. He went out of his way and made sacrifices. I asked him. Do you like what you did without botting an eyelash? No. Because he, he, he has been giving me a call through PLDT then. Do you understand? There was no cell phone then. And I, have, I, I told him we will meet in a coffee shop. And, and for 
for 10 consecutive meetings, I wasn't, I wasn't there. But I promised him every week, I'll be there. There was a week I told him, Nandun ako eh, wala kay. Parang he was, he wants to hit me. But my point is, I'm glad that he's doing this for God. I'm glad that, that indeed, he's doing this because of how much the Lord has loved him. So I want you to understand that more than anything else, our, our message today is short, but with a long introduction. How is that for a deal? John 21, verse 15 to 22. Are you ready? Ang galing, ano? Segway. I want you to, 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 to understand that the background of this story was, was Jesus was having an encounter with, with Peter. He had a breakfast with Peter. He, he called the attention of Peter and, and he, he talked to him privately. Because this was the beginning of how he would want to restore Peter. Remember, Peter denied who? Jesus three times. Peter denied Christ three times. But if you take a closer look of Mark chapter 16, verse 7. Mark, say the word Mark. 16, verse 7. The angel instructed the disciples, go tell the disciples about what happened. Okay, when Christ rose from the, rose from the grave. When Christ rose from the grave, the angel instructed the disciples, go tell the what? The disciples and, and what? And Peter. Why would, why would the angel isolate Peter? Because the angel knows, I believe, it's not written in the Bible, but I, I assume that when, when Peter denied Christ, I believe that after his denial, he was depressed and discouraged. Am I correct? How many of you here, yeah, uh, honestly, I mean, I know you have been forgiven. Once in your life, you have denied Christ right in front of, of, of a crowd. Jesus is not my God, my Lord. Anybody here? So nobody has denied Christ. So of all people, Peter is the worst. You compare yourself with Peter? And we see that, really, Peter is a, a great man of God in the, in the New Testament. But when he denied Christ, I believe that he was depressed. He was discouraged. From his anger, I don't think God will forgive me. How many of you here, you have been in that place where you feel like you, you will not amount to anything because of what, the, what you've done? But the beauty of this, from the perspective of God, he is never disqualified. Why? Because the angel said, go tell the disciples of what happened here in the tomb. Go tell the disciples and... You have, you have friends abroad, di ba? Pag nagpapadala ng, ng balikbayan box. Di ba? Sa kapamilya at kay kuya. Do you understand? You know that this person is important. Do you understand? So this is what happened. I believe this was a starting point. God is giving Peter a what? A, a, a bit of hope that I'm restoring you with this report by an angel. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than this? Most commentators would say that probably, do you love me more than your occupation or, or after uh, really what happened to me? They went back into fishing, the disciples, right? Do you love me with all of this? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He was asking him, do you really love me? And if you take a closer look, he asked him how many times? Do you love me? How many times? How many? How many? Yes, okay. Three times. Because Peter denied Christ publicly three times. On his way back to his redemption, God has to ask him, yes, you're not out of the game. You are not disqualified, but it will take some time for you to go back. Where I want you to be. 
But I walk, but, but one of the things I, I have observed here is that I love God. That do we feel like we, we, we will not amount to anything, that we don't have what it takes to really rise above our situation, but in the perspective of God, He's in control of our lives. That if we hand our lives over to God, He will take it by the hand. He will be with you every step of the way. That He will always be faithful. And whatever He has started, He will complete it. Amen. Why? Because of love. Because at the end of the day, He was simply saying, I have to repeat it. I have to remind you. Do you really love me? That your love for me is not just an emotional type of love. That this is not something you just verbalize because you don't have a choice. Because the challenge of somebody who has really experienced the love of God, that he has loved Christ, is reflected in the way he treats other people. So if you are a Christian, how many Christians are in this room? Christians. Some of you are having a hard time. You're, you're, am, I, am I a Christian? Once again, let me ask this question. How many of you here are, are you, you, you have a relationship with Jesus? You're a Christian. Okay, good. If you're a Christian... Okay, the byproduct of being a Christian or a follower of Christ is that you can help but tell people about Christ. If you don't tell people about Christ, probably you are not, eh? Because you You understand? It is not a requirement. All of this is a what? A, a, a measuring device if you really love God. Do you understand? So, in 1 Corinthians 13, it's written right here, If I speak in tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. If I give away all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned but not have love, I gain nothing. So for some people, you can give away what? Your, 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 your possession. But if you don't have love, that's nothing. You can sacrifice for God, but without love. So the motivation, why we are doing what we're doing, because God, I'm overwhelmed by your love. I have experienced your love. I have experienced the gospel. I have experienced God's forgiveness. So the second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He was asked again. He said to him, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. If this is really love, that you love me and you do understand what I did to you and I have forgiven you because of your denial and I'm giving you another chance. Therefore, if you really love me and you are totally consumed by my love, tend my sheep. It's easy to say that you love God. It's easy to say that God, I can easily verbalize that I love you. Because a lot of Christians, somebody told me, you can just say, that you love God. But how do you treat your wife, your husband, your office mate, your employees, your co-workers? The reason why you, 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 you want to treat them nicely, not because you're a Christian, but because you know that by treating them nicely, you're moving them one inch at a time, one day at a time, where they will wake up right at the heart of God's kingdom. You want them to know God. You want to use your testimony as a way for them to be intrigued with your relationship with God. Do you love me? That was the question. And he said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? 
Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? How many of you here you have friends who tells you over and over again and, and you get irritated? Or, or, or not, not people in this crowd, your wife, okay? Oh, no, no, I'm just kidding, okay? I mean, over, over, okay? But, but this is not just a way to irritate Peter. This was a question that, that reveals really the condition of his love for God. Now, how many of you here, you've been asked by someone and your answer was, yes, I did not do it. Tatanungin uli kita, ginawa mo ba? Hindi. Sana lang, ha? Ginawa mo ba? Oo. Do you understand? It's, it's, it's a question asking for what you really did honestly. And this is what God is simply telling Peter. Lord, do you, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. The question of do you love me was a question of Christ, not because God wasn't really convinced that Peter was on his way to transformation, on his way to being restored into his ministry, his apostolic ministry. But God was simply saying, are you a Christian? Therefore, you, 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 I'm expecting you to share the gospel. If you are a person where you feel like I'm a Christian, it's a requirement. I'm a Christian, I need to obey. You're, you're doing it. You're doing it wrong. So you go back to where it all began. That God, let me just grow in my understanding of you. Let me grow in my relationship with you. Let me overflow with your love so I can give love. This is why a loving relationship with Christ leads to a lifestyle of discipleship. The foundation of all of this, of discipleship, is love. In fact, part of our text this evening is John 21, 15 or 18. It says right here, truly, truly. Remember, the question was, do you love me? Tend my sheep. Suddenly, there was a twist in the conversation. It says right here, truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. I can't understand this. But the explanation is in the following verse. Verse 19, it says right here, this he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. God was, was simply saying, this is how you are going to die. Isn't that weird? You were questioned if you love God, and suddenly Jesus Christ, okay, foretold what, how you're going to die. What's the point here? Because God was simply saying, will you be shaken if I will tell you this? You know how he ended? And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. That even though eventually you will die and you will have a horrifying death. If your focus is Jesus, 
even though things might not go well, you will not be shaken. I have talked to a lot of people. And just like what I mentioned a while ago, usually they have problems that they are seeking and asking counsel from or of, right? Can you relate with me? How many of you here, you, you, you have problems as well? And you want people to give you advice. You know, before you sick and ask for advice, have you talked to God before you talk to a pastor or counselor? And some of us, our reaction is that, let me talk to my victory group leader. Let me talk to a fellow Christian. Have you talked to God about it? Because that reaction is a proof that the reason why you have a problem, because you have a problem in your relationship with God. Why? Because if the foundation of discipleship is love, you're doing this because of God's love for you. And the reason why you can love, because He first loved you. You know what? The focus of discipleship is Jesus. It is impossible for you to disciple people if you are not fixed and you're not focused, that you are not dead center on your relationship with God because it is not easy to disciple people. In fact, honestly, look up here for a while. As a pastor, and I have talked to a lot of pastors, and if you know a pastor, only few would go out of his way. Yes, it's okay. It's amazing to deliver a sermon. It's great. But for somebody to go out of his way, even a pastor, if his relationship with God is not intact, if his relationship with God is not, is not fixed, it's hard to go out of your way and talk to somebody and get into their mess. How many of you here, you have talked to people whose lives are very, very messy? I mean, you talk to people that has a lot of problems. How many of you here, at times, ikaw mismo napapagod ka? Yung pagdating pa lang nila, pagod ka na. Yung... How many of you are familiar with that? You're, and you evade these people. Why? Because you're, you're focused on the problem. You're focused on what you need to say. There are, these are great things. But even though you don't know what, what to say, when you are right smack in the middle of the problem, focus on Jesus. Lord, let me start with a prayer. And at times, I, I, I don't even know how to counsel people that have been married for about 60 years would, would ask for my counsel. While we're having the conversation, I'm listening. I, Lord, I, I just want to focus. This is, this is your counseling session. I want to ask for your help. Because at the end of the day, if you're not focused, this is what will happen to you in verse 20. Peter, after saying this, turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. Who's the disciple that Jesus loved? John! The one who also had learned back, uh, leaned back against him during the supper and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he saw John, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? I, I, at times, I, I, would, I, would, I would think that Peter is a Filipino. If, if the Lord is talking to you, how many of you here, you're like that, the Lord is dealing with you out of the blue, office mate, Lord, Do you understand? The topic is you. The spotlight is on you. Don't, don't point your finger on, 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 on the people around you. How many of you here are guilty of that? Yung, if the Lord is dealing with certain character issues and your, your immaturities, yung, Lord, ito nga eh. Tagal ko na Lord, 10 years, nagsiserve ako, wala pa akong boyfriend. Yung, you're, you're, you're like that. Ito nga si Snow White, kumagat na naman sana, diba, nagka-boyfriend na yung, eh, What? Why? Because when God is dealing with your character, I want you to give in. But the topic is not about your character. The topic is that it's not easy to make a difference. It's not easy to make a spiritual impact on the lives of people. 
Not unless you're focused on Jesus. When you're focused, you can do this. Because the people that God will give you are people that are just... That you don't have what it takes to love. And how we wish we can, we can, we can make our own choice. Yung, Lord, can I disciple this, this angelic person? Yung ganon, yung... But you know what? Napansin mo ba if you take the risk? How many of you here have tried talking to people about God? How many of you here you don't find it easy? Because more than just the people that we will disciple and share the gospel to, God is changing your heart. Binabago ka rin ni Lord. Do you understand? Kaya nga paghirap ka sa discipleship and you want to disciple people and you want people to grow in their walk with God. And if God has given you people that are a bit challenging, the Lord has been challenged with you. Do you understand? Let me give you a taste of my experience. Ganun si Lord eh. Makulit ka ha? Bibigyan ka tang makulit din. Do you understand? But I'm telling you right now, more than just making a difference, on the other side of the coin, as you see people grow in their walk with God, as you see people grow in their understanding of God, as you see people being changed by God, as you disciple people, you'll be surprised that the, the Lord is also changing your heart. How many of you here can attest to that? Hindi lang silang nagbabago. Pati tayo nagbabago. Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Pinoy na Pinoy, ano? Anong pake mo? Kanya-kanyang trip yan, di ba? Why are you consumed with John? At this very moment, I'm, 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 I'm consumed of, of, of how you are becoming. Just follow me. This is the instruction of God. That we follow and obey Him and we can easily follow Him when we are motivated by what? By His love. And we're focused on Him. So simple. This message doesn't need 30 or 45 minutes. This can be explained in five minutes. And I opted to prolong it because I want to I wanna do my job. My point is, at the end of the day, we can fully obey when we focus on Christ. Because at the end of the day, there are a lot of distractions that you cannot follow fully what God is asking you to do because nagtatalo eh. Will I do it? Should I do it? Will I move forward? Will I backtrack? Will I step on the gas and move forward? But if there's no one and nothing, dead center, only Christ right before you. You can do the unimaginable. In fact, with love as the motivation, you will be surprised. Some of you here, you can trace back and look back the day that you came to know the Lord. May nagbago ba? Meron ba? Just say yes. Just prophesy. Um, the day that you saw changes in your life. How many of you here are surprised? Hindi na ako nagmumura. Hindi na ako bastos. Nangungutang lang. Yung, yung, may mga pagbabago. There are changes. This is the same thing in Luke chapter 5. Another story before I end. Peter had an encounter with Jesus. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Jesus, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. 
And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. This was okay, an account where Peter encountered Christ. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled their, to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both, both the boats so that they began to sink. This was a story wherein Christ showed himself to them and, and instructed them to, to let go of the nets. And when Simon Peter saw it, he realized he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. This was an account where he was simply saying, as he focused on Jesus, you see really who he is? The beauty of seeing Christ is that you see your limitations. The beauty of this is that when Christ allowed him to see his limitations, it's not, it's not, it's not from the posture of condemnation. Condemnation kasi causes you to run away from God. The conviction that you're limited causes you to draw closer to God. Why? Because when God tells you, this is your limitations, these are your limitations, He's not just telling you that you're limited. He wants to compensate your limitation. This is the beauty of our encounter with the gospel. We know we're weak. When we don't have what it takes to rise above all the challenges of life, and yet we have a big God. It is in our weakness that God can use us for His glory. And when we see, just like Peter, that we're weak, we're sinful, that Lord, I just cannot be with you. You know why Peter experienced that? Because that picture of his sinfulness, and if you're familiar with the miracles of Christ, when he, when he meets with a paralytic or demoniac or people that are sick, he does not meet their need for healing. Anong palagi sinasabi ng Panginoon? Your sins are? Lord, after what I've done, my sins are forgiven, and I was a recipient of your miracle. Bakit? Because when Peter realized how limited he is, in fact, this was an opportunity for God to make him feel, you know what, even though you're weak, I'll pick you up. It was the opportunity of God to, exp- to, to let, let go of his love for Peter. So when we are down and out, how many of you hear honestly that as you follow God and you have problems and you don't know where to turn to, you go to church, you feel God's comfort coming out. And when you feel God's comfort, God becomes the hero of your life. And when God becomes the hero of your life, you have perfected that moment wherein God, even though things might not go well, even though I don't have a solution, come on now. Not every Sunday you have a solution, but you have God. That's the beauty of our relationship with the Lord. That though five minutes ago, you're having a lot of questions and you have a lot of concerns. And right in the presence of God, your questions are left still and answered, and yet you're confident to go on and say, He who began a good work will complete it. That's the God that we serve. So when we realize the goodness of God in moments where we deserve God's judgment, but He opted to give us the grace and the forgiveness, it is the grace and the forgiveness that will motivate us, just like Peter, to serve God and share the gospel to the lost, and to make disciples. It is how much we have been forgiven that will motivate us to love and disciple the lost. And if you see people serving the Lord, sharing the gospel, it's not because they're gifted. They realize the gravity of what they've done in the past and how the Lord has forgiven them. 
You know, I took the vacation for three weeks, and this is between the four hundred of us in this room. This is a a secret. Can you keep a secret? You don't tweet it or put it in Facebook. You know, I, I arrived last Tuesday. I was I was tired. About eleven, I think, with my son. Eleven. I, I went home and and went back in the office as soon as as, as I arrived. I, I, I traveled for about 24 hours. It wasn't easy. I went here. And my wife was asking me, why, why, why are you doing this? Because I realized my boss has been so good to me. Do you understand? I'm not doing this because, okay, I want to impress him for Christmas bonus. Because the, the, my boss, Pastor Oriel, has been so good to me. I'm excited to be back because of how good he has been. You know what I hate about him? He texted me, just rest. I don't know if it was reverse psychology. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I know how sincere he is. I told him, anything that you want me to do. You know where I'm coming from? Do you understand? When you are overwhelmed with somebody's goodness, you can't help, not even repay him, but perform. Because the person has been so good to you. The reason why we're doing this, not because we want to... Uh, to, to, to ask approval or, or seek approval from God. When you are overwhelmed by God's approval, acknowledgement, and affirmation, you can tell, but God, give me an opportunity to share the gospel. I will do what you're asking me to do. And I know somebody, even in this church, who has not finished grade school or elementary, who can't even speak English. But for the past six months, he was able to share the gospel to about 200 people. It is because he's gifted. It was because of God's love. He would start his conversation in a w- weird manner, manner at times that they would tell people, Alam mo, mahal ka ng Panginoon. Alam mo yung pag sinabi niya, it was, just, it was not just an opening statement. It was because he experienced God's love. How more than anything else, this is not just what we do. This is an experience where people can feel and know if we are sincere and truthful with our words. Because only when we experience God's unconditional, affirming, amazing love that we can tell people about His love. Remember this. What we're doing, sharing the gospel, the Great Commission, telling people about God's love, making disciples, the Great Commission, everything that we're doing for people, the Great Commission is a product the great commandment. Love God. Love your neighbor. And the reason why you can love God and your neighbor because He first loved us. Can we give it the glory for this one? <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for this moment that we are thankful for your love. So as we just bow our heads and close our eyes, you're simply saying, Pastor, I want to move into that direction we're in. I am being used by God to share the gospel, to disciple people because I am growing in intimacy. If you're here right now, nobody looking around, I want you to raise your hand if you're saying, Pastor, I want to, I want to be intimate with God. I want to experience God's love. I want to grow deeper in my knowledge of God. If you're the person, just raise your hand if you're saying, I'll pray for you. Lord, thank you for the hands that are lifted high. In fact, 
my prayer. Can we just raise our hands? I think all of us, we need to raise our hands. There is no such thing as somebody who has already reached the pinnacle that I'm intimate with God. My relationship with God is perfect. Because our lives and whatever we do is a reflection of how we clearly understand God's love for us. Lord, thank you that you will cause them to have an appetite for your word, for your presence. Lord, cause us to be intimate with you. Secondly, Lord, give them, Lord God, passion for your word. That your word will come alive and will motivate us, Lord God, to go out there where people are harassed and helpless and we will make ourselves available. And lastly, compassion for the lost. Can you touch your heart? Lord, I pray right now that you give each and every person in this room compassion. I want you right now to mention a name. One name of an individual or a person who has not experienced God's love, who has not accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. I want you right now, one name. And I want you to start praying for that person. Lord, I pray for this person that before the month ends or before the year ends, you'll bring him. One person right now. Just pray for that person. Lord, we believe that it is your desire for everybody to come into repentance. So Lord, whoever we have mentioned in our prayers, that you'll bring into your fold, that will come to the saving knowledge of your Son, Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name right now, I pray that they will come to know Christ this year. Lord, I pray that as we pray for these people, Lord, let me take part in my prayer. Lord, use me to share the gospel to these people. Thank you that I can do this because of your love for me. And this is my expression of how much I love you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen.